This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Spend three uh, times with you preaching on this in this series uh, from the book of Joshua. And uh, as we approach it, I just want to remind you that it's so easy for us to read Old Testament stories as if they are just that, as if they are stories. But it, it takes on a different level of understanding when we remember that these men and women of old, the ancient people that came before us, they really walked this walk and they really lived this life and they experienced uh, the great blessing and the favor of God uh, facing many obstacles, mountains and storms and trials. And they are shadows and types for us to learn from. And so I believe we will learn much together in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Amen. You also need to pray for me because I've come over a bit wounded this time, not in my spirit, but in my shoulder, in my left shoulder. I just weakened my shoulder and then went on to baptize 20 people, one after the other. Uh, And so maybe I've learned a bit of a lesson. At the age of 62, I still feel I've got all the energy that I had when I was 18. But Miriam said to me, it's time for you to let the young men get into the tank. And I've received it in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Praise the Lord. The trouble is we don't feel any different, do we? And we continue in the work that God has called us to. Let's pause and let's pray. Father, we are in significant days. We're in uncertain days. As far as the world is concerned, as far as this time in which we are living, we're traveling into days that we don't know what will happen. And yet, Lord, we thank you that we are safe and we are secure in your hands. And the promises, we claim every promise from your word tonight in the name of Jesus. And whilst we know we will move with wisdom, we thank you for the higher wisdom of God that has been spoken over our lives. And we claim these in the authority of Jesus. And we commit this weekend to you tonight, Lord, tomorrow morning and tomorrow night. We pray that there will be just an enveloping of your people in the glory of God. Fill us with the fire of Pentecost once again. Fill us with your authority and your boldness in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. I was texting my brother. I haven't started the message yet, by the way. Uh, But we've got all night. I'm not in a hurry, are you? I did say to Pastor Dev, I'm trying to preach short tonight. I thought, well, Lord, you know, some people have a lot more faith than I have. But... I was uh, texting my brother, Mike. Uh, He's just a little bit older than me, and uh, he's the life and soul of the party. He's even louder than I am. Uh, And uh, I just told him where I was and what was happening. He said, said, uh, Paul, he said several things. He said, the fire of God is going to come upon the house. The people of God will move in a new authority and a new boldness. This is a strategic time. 
governments have been uh, changed, things have been transformed, uh, and we can hold on to God in the name of Jesus. And he had no idea what I was going to preach about. Just let that word rest in your spirit. It was a prophetic confirmation that I'm preaching the right series as we move forward in this weekend. Amen. Open your Bible then with me to Joshua. Joshua, that's in the Old Testament. You'll find it quicker if you work from the, back, from the front forwards rather than the back backwards. Okay? I'm sure I don't need to say things like this because you've been under Pastor Dave's outstanding teaching ministry for nearly over 40 years. He's looking good for 55, isn't he? (laughs) Glory to God. Let, Let me just open up by reading some of these verses. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. What a relevant word for us this weekend. You know, we mark times and seasons in our life by special events. We mark the passing of time. Uh, we mark New Year and the end of one year and the beginning of a new year. We have our festivals and our special occasions. We also ha- they also help us to celebrate uh, coming through to certain stages in life and on our walk with God, certain points on our journey. We begin to thank God for bringing us to the place and the position where we are. And this is Joshua. He's standing at the dawn of a new dispensation of time in God's agenda, of time in God's calendar. And at this specific moment, the Lord himself makes a clear declaration, closing one season and opening up a whole new season in his will and his purpose. And this is what he says. He says, Joshua... Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross over the River Jordan into the land I'm about to give you. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's still land to claim in your life. The promises that Joshua made 
was made, the, sorry, the promises that God made to Joshua are still as relevant today for you and I as they were for Joshua as a man. And whilst we have to balance that with understanding about the fact that he shadowed Jesus, he is uh, typifying Christ, the promises of the Lord come down from Christ into our lives and that makes them so relevant for us especially in the day in which we're living amen so this is the first thing that he said three things firstly he said to Joshua every place you put your foot you will bring the government of God you are destined to rulership in Christ amen that's a PJ paraphrase amen this is what he's saying every place where you put your foot you bring the government of God is he talking about the earthly foot my big size tens no <laughs> he's talking about a moment of authority he's talking about a moment in your spirit when you know what God is saying and you speak with boldness you know the term we use it I've put my foot down Glory to God. I remember my mother, when she would be chastising four boys, you know, in one house with one girl and a small house at that. And sometimes we would hear our mother say, no, I'm putting my foot down. And that meant to us, we'd come far enough. We don't go any further. We pushed her to the edge and the limit. And she was a woman of great, uh, great power and authority, I can tell you that. And we knew enough was enough. And there's that spirit of boldness that we can adopt in Christ. It's a moment of authority. We're saying, no, I've, this is the line. Hallelujah. This is the line. I'm standing right here on the line and I'm saying, I am moving in the rulership of Christ in this particular moment and in this particular situation. Amen. Now we must understand that we carry his authority. It's not our authority. It's his authority. We move in his authority. He is the one who puts the foot down, but he puts the foot down through us. Amen? So it's his boldness that we adopt. So we declare his will and not our will with this authority. Then secondly, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. You are destined to victory in Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. Not a lot, an awful lot of Christians never seem to move into this area of victory. But it is absolutely normal for you. Hallelujah. It is totally normal for the believer, the born-again, spirit-filled believer in Christ to know his victory. Amen. Amen. Does it mean we don't face storms and trials? How else can we exhibit victory if we don't have to face something? So the idea of faith meaning you never face any mountain storms and trials, that's not my experience, I can tell you that. We have to be able to demonstrate victory. And that's a, a, a message to the powers that are in the realms of the spirit. That's a message to the enemy and that's a message to the world that no matter what we go through and no matter what we face, we live every day in the victory of Jesus. Hallelujah! Glory! And even what we're facing in these days, 
the storm that is coming right around the world that is going to touch probably every nation. I want you to hear my voice under the authority of God tonight when I say to you, we are still in the victory of Jesus. Hallelujah. And no matter what we go through, no matter what we have to face, there is a victory for us to be lived in. I thank God for it tonight. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Somebody say, are you awake tonight? <laughs> Amen? Yes, Lord. So remember, just as it's his authority, so it's his victory. You see, if we begin to think it's our victory, I know he gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ, but it is his victory that we take on. It's his victory that we have received. We have no right of our own self to have victory. He has chosen to give us the victory. Hallelujah. He's chosen to put that in us, and he's chosen to put that in us. He gives us the victory. And thirdly, he will never leave you or forsake you. That means Christ abides and remains in you. Christ remains in you and Christ remains upon you by the anointing of his spirit. Amen? Amen. That was a shift because until Christ came, we know Old Testament was, there was a moment when the anointing would come upon someone, say Elijah, Elisha, and they would do, they would move in certain dimensions of the spirit and see amazing and miraculous signs and wonders and things happen. But there was a longing. This was just a shadow. It was pointing to the reality that one day the Lord himself by his spirit would abide and remain in you. Hallelujah. So he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. There is that sense in the Old Testament that that, re that remark is that God is watching over you. But God is not only watching over you in this season, he's abiding in you and abiding upon you. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, but the Spirit of the Lord is in you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And then, so we move through this chapter, that's all I'm doing. I just want to open up some of these verses for us to get an understanding of what it's saying. Joshua was then challenged of the Lord. So there are three declarations. This is a pattern that often God would use. There were declarations that would come towards the servant's life. But at the same time as a declaration, there would come a challenge. Hallelujah. Because unless the servant of God rose to meet the challenge, then sometimes the declaration wouldn't fully be manifest. And so there is a challenge for Joshua. Turn to your neighbor and say, there will always be a challenge to the anointing. Hey, come on. Come on. Is this a challenge? There's a challenge to the anointing because Satan hates what we carry. Right. Hallelujah. But thanks be to God, this is what the challenge is. And the challenge is not negative. The challenge is totally positive. Amen? Totally positive. I remember Colin Dye saying to me, uh, Paul, he says, I, I probably told you, but he says, uh, I rubbed shoulders with Colin for a while. He said, I don't think there's a negative bone in your body. I said, thanks be to God, I don't want any negative bones in my body. <laughs> Glory to God. So this is so positive from the heart of God. Firstly, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. Amen. 
And of course, that's again a shadow of the real promise for us in Christ because the inheritance that it points to is everything we receive in Christ. And this is based on the fact that we have something to claim. Now, come on, let's balance this out because there's been a whole season and we're probably passing it passing through it now where you know you only got what you proclaimed you only got what you confessed and and there is elements of truth in that but I want to say to you that this is very very precise this is talking about the fact that we claim spiritual territory this is not just about what a person desires, several Mercedes, uh, you know, a lovely um, uh, GTI Golf, a bit like Johnny's got, and thank the Lord he's still alive at the speed he drives. I'm, I'm, it's only the Lord. Thank God he'll never leave, never leave you or forsake you, but I'm never coming in your car again. <laughs> and as for coming on the back of your motorbike, I hear that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> so what we have here is not about what man can claim for himself. Let's blow that out of the water. This is about what we claim inherent from Christ, which he's already given to us, that is for the sake of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Yeah. God's blessing upon you is for the sake of the kingdom. Hallelujah. It's because of what you can do with it for the purpose of God. And it's got nothing to do with personal prospering or personal success. This refers to the prospering of your soul and the prospering of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you saving for a rainy day? <laughs> If you're saving for a rainy day, give it away. Glory to God. Glory to God. Give it away because the rainy day will never come to you. Glory to God. Amen. So here we have, we reclaim what was lost in the fall as a message to the enemy that we believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, be strong and very courageous. If you go to the Psalms, you will often find the psalmist will repeat things. If you go to the, the book of the prophets, you'll find they repeat things. Whenever the scripture repeats things, it's because the word is saying, this is an absolute vital message to my people. God doesn't repeat himself for nothing. He's bringing an emphasis. But not only is there an emphasis of repetition here, there is also a challenge that comes. Be strong and very courageous. And so it's a vital matter. And then the challenge is to be careful. Hallelujah. To be careful. What a day we're living in to hear that. To be careful to obey, obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Can I just say something very tenderly to you? Because we live in a time of grace, we are not exempt from having the call of God to keep the Ten Commandments. Hallelujah. Turn to your name and say, the Ten Commandments still apply. Christ may have completed the law for us, but he also empowers us to live a life that pleases him and live a life that honors him. And we live by his word. We don't live in a way anymore where we can please ourselves. That was the uh, generation that died in the desert. We live 
to please Christ and we seek to keep the law of God. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. So be holy as he is holy. Be righteous as he is righteous. Be pure as he is pure. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, church, that brings a dimension of the Spirit at a level that we can never attain of ourselves. Righteousness and purity and holiness before God unlocks something in the realm of the Spirit. Many of us have been seeking it. Many of us crying out, God, Lord, I need a greater, a deeper anointing. I want to know nearness. I want to know closeness. And God will say to us tonight, these things come through walking in holiness and purity and righteousness before God. And so Joshua, as a man, is receiving these things. And so here we are living in these crucial times and in a new time, we need to go in and possess what God has already given to us in Christ. Turn to your neighbour and say, Pastor Paul's about to blow his nose and it's got nothing to do with the virus. <laughs> I'll give you this one though, David. I thought, I thought you might be a bit put off by that tonight. <laughs> Hand gels will be provided. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. So coming back to the message before we get too far away on the joke. Key things for us. Get ready. Get ready to be prepared and be ready to claim what God has given to us. How do we prepare? Well, let me come with you now to chapter 1, verses 12. Well, let me read from where I was before, verse 10. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But the Reubenites, the Gadites, and all the otherites, remember the command that the Mo, that, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. The Lord your God is giving you rest and has granted you this land. Your wives, your children, your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, fully armed, must cross over ahead. Of your brothers. You are to help your brothers until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan towards the sunrise. Then they answered, Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we have fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. I'll just draw some things out from here that uh, firstly, position yourself in 
the rest of faith. Hallelujah. I learned on the journey that I need to be a man of rest. You know, uh, I, I'm always on the move, but in my spirit, I'm in a place of rest. I don't live with turmoil. I don't live with anxiety. I don't live with disturbance. I walk in peace. Hallelujah. And that's a great key because there can be strife and turmoil all around you. But we need faith that causes rest. Hallelujah. Be still and know that I am God. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. So this promise was given to Moses as well. He says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So position in the rest of faith. Secondly, position yourself in the place of prayer. Did you notice in the passage that we read, it speaks about the men fully armed going across first. Uh, well, we don't need armed men in the physical sense. That doesn't belong to walking with Jesus. But we do need men and women who are warriors in prayer who are the forces, who are up front, who are praying into being what God has spoken into their hearts, who are men and women of the prophet, with prophetic insight and understanding, who go ahead, who sense what God is saying, who hear what God is saying, and then lead the people continuous into the rest of God. Amen? And then position yourself in a place of responsibility for your brothers and sisters. They said, uh, look after your brothers and sisters, care for them, and then occupy. And sometimes we think, well, I'm thinking of myself. How is this going to affect me in church life? What is my need in church life? You know, uh, Pastor, I'm coming along every Sunday and uh, I, I need all my needs met and I need to be encouraged and built up. Something happens in your spirit when you lose that attitude and you begin to think of other people around you. Uh, think about how you can bless your brothers and sisters. And I want to tell you, it will speed you up in you taking occupation of what God has said is yours already in Christ. Hallelujah. I've learned something. When someone is really doing what God wants them to do with the right heart and the spirit, it's at those moments that you grow spiritually the most. Amen. You'll make the most progress. Turn to your neighbor and say, I do have responsibility for you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. There it is. You are to help your brothers. You are to help your brothers until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you. Amen? And then position yourself in a place of, of obedience and service. You know, they, what a wonderful moment it must have been for Joshua. Remember, this is a man's life. This is the servant of the Lord. He's taken over leading a million people. That was a big pastoral responsibility. <laughs> uh, and, and Moses was an awesome man. And Joshua was raised up. And then suddenly there's a moment in this chapter when the people say, as we obeyed Moses, we will obey you. And if anybody rebels, then it will cost them their life. Now, we've got to put that into Old Testament context. But let me tell you, in the generation in which we're living, rebellion will only bring loss. Rebellion against the house of God, rebellion against pastors and leaders, rebellion against anything. Never let there be any 
rebellion in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind, because it will bring some type of spiritual loss to you. And I've discovered something about this. I've actually seen people move in a rebellious spirit and it's broken down their marriage, it's broken down their home, it's caused so many things in their life. And uh, we need to be faithful to God and faithful to where God has planted us. Turn to your neighbor and say, how's your faithfulness doing? <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> and then, this is a big statement, let me help. Position yourself with knowledge of the territory and the inheritance, but also how the enemy works and wages war. If we don't know what it is that Christ has given to us, how can we begin to live in it? If we don't know already and understand fully what Christ has done and what is your birthright and what is your inheritance rights, how can we even begin to claim it? So it is beginning, growing grace and in the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. Grow in your understanding. If you've stopped opening the word, open the word again. Read it every day. Meditate it on it day and night. Let it be the bread and food for your soul. Because I want to tell you, especially in the days in which we live in, which, we, which we're going to live in, we will need to know the word of God. Hallelujah. You need to know the word of God for your protection and for your future. So get to know what God has given. And then understand how the enemy works and wages war. One of the key things that God showed me as a young man was the revelation of how the enemy knows how to move me, knows how to stir me, uh, and knows how to entice me. If you know your weak spots, then you know that the enemy will come in on your weak spot. And if you strengthen those up in the authority of God, then you will have strong defenses against the attack of the enemy. As a musician, as a singer, you know, uh, we tend to be quite emotional and, and moved and stirred by things. And I had to harness that and bring it under the authority and the control of the spirit. And then God took hold of it and has used it for his glory and for his majesty. But first of all, as a young man, I had to learn that I was stirred and moved by violins. You say, are you sure, Pastor? Yeah, yeah, you get a great song on the radio. You're once, <laughs> twice, three times a lady, and I love you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I tell you, get the right music on. Get the right listening into your life and into your heart and recognize what moves you and turn it for the advantage of the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so, you know, remember, understanding how the enemy works. Uh, Joshua sent out spies. Moses sent out spies. Remember when Moses sent out spies? He sent out, he sent out a representative of each tribe, 12. So 10 came back with a negative report because they were looking at it with the eye of fear. And only two came back, Joshua and Caleb, with a positive report. 
reminding us of whose report will we believe. We will believe the report of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so they came back, the negative. Look at the size of these guys. That's, that's what they were, giants in the land. And they came back saying, we look like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. How on earth did they know how the enemy viewed them? In actual fact, we have the truth in the following chapter when we read of the story of Rahab. And I'm presuming you know the story of Rahab because she actually tells it as it really is. This is how the Canaanites, the enemy of the Lord, the enemy of the people of God, really viewed Israel. This is what she said. She said, our hearts, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Hallelujah. Don't you think we need to hear that tonight? That he's God in heaven and on the earth below. Hallelujah. And the reason why she was talking of this melting of hearts and fear in the enemy was because of previous deliverance and victory. Hallelujah. The Lord who delivered you then is able to deliver you now. What he has done in the past, he's able to do again for you. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, stay awake. We're on the victory side. (laughs) Glory to God. And so that's where we are. And then I just want to talk about three quick things. Say three points and we'll be done. Would you tell your neighbor he's got three points dead quick and we'll be done. Please tell your neighbor three points and they'll be done. Nobody's done it yet. I'm waiting till you have. Three points and, and they'll be done. Amen. What do points make? You've heard my jokes before, haven't you? Well, my children, my children keep saying, Dad, we've heard this one. And when it starts, you know, you've got to change it, haven't you, really? You know, you really, really have, you know. I thought I could tell one about the virus, but then I thought I might offend you, so I thought I better not. (laughs) I'll tell you on your own if you want to come and talk to me afterwards. (laughs) It'll be a deep moment of ministry. (laughs) Glory. Are we ready? Come on, you can handle it. How do we get ready and how do we take possession of what God has already given us in Christ? I want to talk about three things very, very quickly. Glory to God. Number one, it takes consecration to God takes consecration to God. If you open your Bible now, we're skipping through chapters, I know, but if you look at Joshua chapter 3 and verse 5, this is what... Well, let me read from verse 1. It will do us good. Early in the morning... Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shetem and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, isn't three days very significant in this book? Hallelujah, wonderful. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. And that's where we are again today. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark. Do not go near it. 
You know, there's a significant thing for us there because the ark is actually Christ. For them, it was a box. But it's a shadow of Jesus. He's the ark of our salvation. Just as Noah's ark. Joshua told the people, don't go near it. Look at the transformation that Christ has brought. Because not only do we come near to him constantly, he abides in you. Hallelujah. He will become the dwelling place of the Most High God. We so easily just glibly say those things, but that is where you are. That is who you are. The dwelling place of God. You've become the temple of the Most High God. No wonder God calls us to holiness and purity and righteousness. That we might reflect Him. We must reflect Him externally as well as internally. And I've discovered that actually what is on the inside will come out. For out of the overflow of the heart... The mouth speaks. How are your reactions and responses in your home? How are your reactions and responses in your marriage? Let me tell you something hot off the press about my love life. <laughs> We're not filming this, are we? <laughs> Last night... Only a Yorkshireman can talk like this. Last night, I was checking the back of my eyelids, laid in bed. And I had a dream. And the dream was my wife Miriam, who has been in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> since I was 18 and whom I have loved since I was 18 didn't want anything to do with me and it was so vivid when I woke up in the morning I just grabbed hold of her and I flung my arms around and I pulled her into me like this wounded shoulder and all <laughs> and, and I told her the story and you know we wept in each other's arms and as we had breakfast together and we prayed together and we prayed about this weekend together, we prayed about Paul and I traveling, we committed ourselves into the presence of God and the hands of God as we do. And the Lord said to me, that dream was an image that I have to share with you this weekend. It's an image of the Father's love for the bride. For the bride had turned away and said, I don't want anything to do with you. But when we wake, there's a reaching out. And we run to the Father's arms. We lie in the Father's arms. And we weep in the warmth of his love. And we hold him tight. And it's a word from heaven in the name of Jesus. And when I get home, I'm going to squeeze her even tighter. But don't tell anybody. <laughs> Glory to God. Is that okay? 
you should be absolutely high as a kite having received that wonderful prophetic word that has obviously fallen on stony ground. <laughs>
Whenever the river is mentioned, it speaks of the Spirit of God. So we have this wonderful, wonderful image in the Scriptures here of the priest, the Levites in the river, standing firm in the presence of God. They stood firm on the river. And, you know, Moses had a similar word when he was experiencing God. Exodus 33, it says, My presence will go with you, I will give you rest. And Moses said, Unless you go with us, I will not, we will not go up from here. So there is that sense in which we don't run ahead of God. So God is very, very specific. He's saying, look, when you see certain things, when you see the priests, when you see the Levites, when you see them there at the edge, when they put their foot in the river, then get ready to move because God will always show us his purpose. He reveals his purpose. He shows us his purpose. He will, we will know when to move forward in the will and the purpose of God. And then secondly, it takes dedication. It takes consecration. It takes dedication. And it takes obedience and faith in God's ability to bring you through no matter what you face. Hallelujah. To bring you through no matter what you face. I'm uh, really encouraging Miriam at the moment. Um, Miriam's parents are absolutely amazing people. I had the best in-laws I could have ever had. Really godly, beautiful people but they're moving up into the 90s. And uh, we're seeing signs that, you know, they're ready and they're saying they're ready and all those little things that they're... And, of course, my parents have gone. I've told you the story about my mum and dad and uh, uh, officiating, etc. But now Miriam is having to begin to prepare for what may well come. Uh, and uh, I just felt in my spirit to say to Miriam, you know, Miriam, whatever you face... God will bring you through no matter what. Hallelujah. And I'm saying it to us today as we around the world face what we're facing at this time. No matter what you face, God will bring you through no matter what. Hallelujah. He'll bring you through no matter what. Amen. Be encouraged, church. Be built up in your faith. Be edified in your faith. Be encouraged to stand in the river of God. Watch for the ark of God. Watch for the priests of God. Watch for the move of God. Watch for the stir of God. Because when anything like this happens, God will be on the move in very, very powerful ways. Hallelujah. Mark my words right now. As these things start to move throughout the world, God will be doing something that we have never seen before. That's what he said in this chapter. He said, when you mark this moment, when you see the priest put their foot in the river, when they're standing on the ground, follow because you've never been this way before. God is taking us into things that we've never seen and done before. So dedication here meant total commitment of life for a particular purpose. And we dedicate to the purpose of God. I was thinking the other day about how amazing our queen is. You know, she's never faltered from her commitment since she came to the throne in very, very difficult circumstances. She's continued in dedication 
to serve the nation. What an outstanding woman our Queen has been. And I know there may be different views in the building. I don't have a problem with that. If, uh, if you're in a different camp, God will make it plenty. <laughs> Am I bothered? No. <laughs> we serve King Jesus, don't we? We really serve King Jesus. But what a shining example. Nobody could take away from the dedication that we've seen in her life. So serving God calls for obedience and faith, but it calls for us to go and stand in the river in the name of Jesus. Amen? You've got to remember that the Jordan was at flood stage. This was not just a trickle. It was flood. And so we, I don't think we have the image of what that river was like now because for a river to be in flood and for it to be piled up meant that it was an awful lot bigger than it is today. Okay, so what we have is they come to the river. And the fascinating thing about Joshua is he knew God's intervention was coming because he got the people to come right down. They were only a few miles from the river. And then he sent the priests ahead and obeyed the word of the Lord. So there was only one way for them to go, and it was across that river. So he had to know that God's intervention was coming and on the way, and they stood on firm ground and on dry ground. Amen? I love the fact that when they came to the other side, they were heading towards Jericho. When they crossed over, they were heading towards Jericho. And I've discovered something. Whenever you cross over into something fresh and new of spiritual inheritance, there often is a Jericho that you then have to face. It'll loom right in front of you. And we're going to look at that in the morning. How to handle a Jericho when it comes in front of you. How to deal with a stronghold when it comes in front of you as you move forward in the things of God. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So this river was at flood stage. And with the story we're told is, as soon as the priests exited, it, the flood water just came back. Hallelujah. So it heaped up and it came back. And then they found themselves facing a Jericho that they would have to deal with. Hallelujah. We're all priests. Amen? We're all priests. We're all in service. Do you know why they were safe and on dry ground and crossed over, it's because of what they carried. Not only because of who they were, because of what they carried. And I want to remind you as a priest and a king of the Most High God, you are carrying everything that God has placed inside you. You will see victory because of what you carry in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind, and in your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're carrying the very power of God inside you. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor now and tell him he's at his final point and he's nearly done. Are you ready? What does it take? Separation from separation unto God. Separation unto God. There's a price. There's a price to pay. When we come to Joshua chapter 5... There's an amazing moment when Joshua brings correction. 
Those are uncomfortable times. We all want to be praised. We all want to be built up and we all want to be encouraged. And we're living in a world that is geared up for that. Don't say anything negative about anybody, otherwise it's, you know, you're going to get sued. <laughs> okay, don't have a strong view about anybody who's living an unrighteous lifestyle. You're going to get sued. But let me tell you, Joshua, in this passage of Scripture, there is a moment of correction. The story goes like this. All the men, the fighting men, that had come out of Egypt died in the desert. A whole new generation, a Joshua generation, came through. But none of them, and I hope this doesn't upset you, offend you, none of them had been circumcised, which was the sign of covenant of belonging to God. And so they had to make flint knives, and this was painful. And the job was finished. And let me tell you, the reason why he had to make that correction was a sign and a symbol that the man of flesh can never go in and possess the inheritance of God of himself. So there is a cutting away, a dealing with the flesh life, a dying to the old man, and then now, in the generation in which we live, the generation of Christ, we are not referring to external circumcision. We're talking to about internal circumcision of the heart, where God cuts so deep in a person, where the transformation in the man means that he is totally separated unto God. Hallelujah. I've learned something only God can take us to that place. Because the flesh is so crafty, it'll tell you it's over. And it isn't. In fact, Christ is working in us constantly to bring the new creation into being. No longer through a physical act, but through the inner working of God's grace. And so it's an absolute necessity to cross over and know the victory and the inheritance of Christ. And one of the amazing lines that is used in this passage of Scripture as a result of the circumcision and separation under God, that's what it refers to, is that God says to Joshua, today I've rolled away the reproach of Egypt. What does that mean? It means that I have dealt with the disgrace and I have dealt with the guilt. And I've dealt with the pain. And I've dealt with the defilement of my people living in an environment that meant slavery. I've brought them out and I've transformed them. And I've brought them to the point where they can begin to experience the victory that I promised to them. And so they come over the river, and you cannot come to that place without the circumcision of heart, which is an ongoing work. If you think it's over, look again. It's an ongoing work. It's the work of sanctification. We are sanctified, but we're also being sanctified, separated unto God. It's a lifelong journey. And this moment is marked 
in the time and the calendar of God by him bringing his people into the river. Now, physical river for them, but for us, it was the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And if you see, the priest is present, that's Jesus. Amen. The river is present, that's the Spirit. Amen. The command is present, that's the Word. And so there is no way that we can move into the things of God that Christ has given without those three elements moving powerfully in our inner being. And if it's moving powerfully in the inner man, it will transform the outer man. Hallelujah. My ways will be changed and the way that I operate will be transformed. Is this doing you good? Because you're ever so quiet tonight. I love the terminology. He says, the reproach has been rolled away. What does that remind you of? Uh, three days and the stone rolled away. <laughs> all in the same chapter. It can only mean the cross, the tomb, Thank you, the resurrection, the rolling away of the stony heart. Amen. Hallelujah. And the reproach of what it meant for us when we were defiled without Christ. What a shadow. Closing. And this is my last and finally Several things coming up on the screen right now. Just reminded you. Number one, the waters were held back at a place called Adam. Isn't that wonderful? Have you ever seen that before? They were held back at a place called Adam. And they crossed over. They crossed over. God caused the people to cross over the Jordan, which is an image of baptism. Amen. It's an image of baptism. They all had to take a step of faith and step into the river. Hallelujah. That's the spirit. They all passed by the ark of God. That's Christ. They came through on dry ground. That's the promises of God. They positioned themselves in victory. Amen. That's the victory of Christ. And there's a final word before we prepare for Jericho. This passage of scripture here finishes in verse 12. It says, the manna, that was the bread that had miraculously stopped the day after. And they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. Hallelujah. That year, they ate the produce of Canaan. Bread and honey, milk, all have a very great significance to the word and the spirit and the sweetness of Christ's grace in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we just stand together? What I've sought to do tonight really is lay a foundation for where we're going tomorrow. And so you'll have to share it with everybody. <laughs> Amen. I'm not going to ask you to hold hands. 
<laughs> Glory to God. Because <laughs> you'll all look at you I'm not doing that. <laughs> there was a guy in the airport, he was sneezing all over the place. I shouted across, I'm not sitting next to you. <laughs> <laughs> Marvellous, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Lord. Jesus. <laughs> Marvellous. Oh, glory to God. Oh, Jesus. Gets better every day, doesn't it, really? You know. Oh. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> it's a good job I've been here a few times. Past the day, people have been walking out otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, "May the Lord be with you." <laughs> <laughs> On the way out, I can say, "And also with you." <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ah, oh, glory to God. Yeah, marvellous. <clears throat> you carry, you carry everything in your spirit, in your heart, and in your mind to claim the fullness of inheritance. Amen. You carry everything you need to stand in the river and you carry everything to come right across to cross over into your birthright which is the territory and the land of belonging to Christ there might be a Jericho to face and we'll handle that one in the morning hallelujah and so father we thank you tonight for your grace we thank you for your abiding glory. We thank you that in our laughter, there's an expression of joy and victory. <clears throat> Lord, the enemy counterfeits that with a mocking spirit. But we thank you that we have the joy of the Lord Amen. and the laughter of the Holy Spirit. That even in the storm and the trial and the darkest moments, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. Keep this house rejoicing in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we thank you that you will give us wisdom and you will increase our faith to stand strong on dry ground and to pass through and to cross over. And having crossed over, Lord, we'll live in your victory for your glory in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information. 
www.mpc.org.uk.